Good evening. Good morning. Quick update, remember uh, Sister Jean's cousin, Debbie? Uh, she has uh, cancer. They've got a um, blood clot they got to deal with as well. So we're going to get that done first. So remember her in your prayers. Also continue to pray for uh, Brother Don's grandson, Ethan. Brother Chuck and Sister Wanda, uh, lift them up. Brother Don, he has uh, his test on the second. I've got test or his on the eleventh. Mine's on the second. Uh, so we remember that in your prayers. Sister Donna Arnold, Brother Jerry's sister Virginia, uh, Eddie Vaughn's shoulder surgery, and Shania. Is that right? Not any others this evening. Remember that he will stay calm for seven weeks. Anybody else? Stand with us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, this evening we thank you, Lord, for your love, mercy, and grace. Thank you, dear God, today for the blessings you give us, Lord. Ask your Father this evening, help us to do thy will. Father, touch each and every life. Touch me according to your plan and purpose. Father, we ask you tonight, draw us close to thee and one to another. Help us, Lord, through this service this evening. Lord, we'll give you praise, we'll give you honor, we'll give you glory in Jesus' name. And amen. Amen. You may be seated. Go ahead and grab your red book and let's turn to page 674.
Um, page 702, page 702.
uh, page 693. It's coming a day when no heartache shall come, no more clouds 
Bible verse we love to use a lot, and I say we uh, see it all over the place, and it says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me, and the funny thing is, is that um, that only applies mainly to people li people's lives in the things that they want to do, not necessarily in the things that God calls them to do. Because we have this other issue of saying, well, uh, that's not my uh, strength, you know. Uh, I, I'm not, I can't do that. And the truth be known, we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. So what, what part of that uh, limits God, I don't know. But, the part that we use to limit God is we will trust in Him or we'll say I can do all things when it comes to the things we want to do, but then I can't do all things when it comes to the things I don't want to do. And so, you know, you think about it this way, church, the people today manipulate the Word of God. If you've got your Bibles, go with us over to the book of Psalms. We will uh, be there where we want to be this morning and here's an interesting thing, if you'll go there into the 106th chapter. Um, I love Psalms 107. It's probably one of my favorite chapters in the Bible if I'm going to read and find encouragement. I love it because of the three or four times that it says, Oh, that men uh, would praise the Lord. For his wonderful works to them. But uh, the other part of that, if you think about it this, go backwards into the 105th chapter. We're in the 106th chapter. But if you start here and you start in verse 1 of 105 and continue reading all the way through then to the end of 107, you get the full story of what God is talking about. We always look at Psalms, and I, I know this, my problem is looking at Psalms one chapter at a time. This chapter is one prayer, and this chapter is another prayer, and this chapter is another, or, or it's a praise, a, uh, something to that effect there. But really, uh, when I was studying on this and had to go backwards, I was looking at this, and I thought, wait a second. I kept going, and I just went back again, and I thought to myself, 
It started here. It ended there. And I missed some meat along the way. So Psalms 106 tonight. But stand with us. We'll go forward in prayer and then we'll get into it. I'll try my best not to go too fast. Father, we praise you tonight and we thank you, Lord, for your love. We thank you for your blessings. Dear God, tonight I will say again, as I've said many times, that you are far, far, far better to us than we are to you. But Lord, tonight I pray, dear God, help me to say something that would be an encouragement to these that are here and to those that may listen or are listening. Dear God, tonight again we pray that those who could would be in your house with us, dear God. We ask you, Lord, touch their hearts and give them that desire. And Father, I pray tonight that every child of God would have a desire placed in their life to serve you better, and serve you more, and serve you together with other children of God. We'll thank you, Father. We'll praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. And amen. And amen. You may be seated this evening. I don't know, and I, I'm going to, this is not part of this, but, but I'm just going to get something off my mind, and I want folks to listen and ask, ask themselves and say, I don't know why it doesn't appear to be important to meet in the house of God anymore on a Sunday evening. And I, and I would tonight that that would be something that would uh, uh, stick in the minds of folks, and they would have to ask their question, when did it become unnecessary or unneedful or unimportant? And I know that this is a trend that's been going on a long time. It's not just popped up. But can I say tonight that as we are living in the last days, the Bible tells us not to forsake ourselves assembling together. But we're supposed to do more. Psalms 106. Praise ye the Lord. And I'm going to tell you something tonight. I can't say, I'm not saying you can't praise God at home. Matter of fact, you ought to. You praise Him more at home, you praise Him more in the house of God. I'll just be plain about it tonight. The more you worship God, the more you honor God, the more you glorify God, the more you will glorify God. And matter of fact, when you get to a place where you're supposed to, you'll feel free enough to do it. I don't know if you didn't pay no attention this morning. You didn't catch it, but I did a lap. It was a subtle lap, but I did it nonetheless. And I tell you something, church, I, I just, I want God to be praised. I, I was thinking about it today on the way down here. I, I really want God to do something wonderful and something miraculous and, and marvelous in our church. And I want God to have his way in our church and not just uh, here and there. But I mean, I really would like to see God do something wonderful and big in the church. And, and I'm looking tonight and I'm thinking about it. If you praise the Lord, God will work. God don't work in places where they don't praise Him. Amen. You think about that for a minute. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Well, He's been good to me this week regardless of how I've been to Him. The thing of it is, is I can think about how tired and how hot and how lazy and everything else I was this week, and yet God didn't get any of those things. God was there sustaining, keeping, holding, protecting, guiding, loving, lifting, working. For he is good, his mercy endureth forever. What do we say? God is good. All the time. 
You know, you ever thought about that? Sometimes you'll say that and people don't respond and you just wonder if you caught them off guard or if they're just not thinking. But see, that's the problem. We should never be caught off guard by the things or things that pertain to God. We should be expecting good things and looking forward to good things and ready to respond at good things. Think about it this way. The Bible tells us uh, to be ready to give an account of our salvation. And when you got an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus, you, you need to be ready to tell them about Jesus. And not. Uh, and I, I will say this, we, we may not uh, get it out just the right way, but if you can just tell somebody things like this, Jesus loves you. I mean, come on, church, what are they going to do with that? You, you said it, it's already out there. They, they may not get it now, but later on down, down the road there, whether they're driving or walking or, or maybe they're pushing a cart through Walmart or sitting at the house, all of a sudden it's going to come back to their mind, Jesus loves me. How do I know? That person told me. And now what are they going to do with it? We ought to not get caught off guard. Bible goes on, he says, who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth all his praise? And there's no possible way we can do all of that. May, may I give you some background just, just a minute here? If you go over into the previous chapter in 105, it talks about the miraculous things that God done to the children of Israel. It talks about how that he brought them out and, and all the things that happened. And, and then the, the, it, it gets down, and at one point, and I don't know exactly where, what verse it is, but it says this, they didn't get it. I'm not saying it's in that words. You'll have to read through that chapter there, but they didn't get it. They didn't understand it. They didn't remember it. You think about what happened when God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. I mean, we can't even probably, not, maybe you can, I, I would mess it up, but if you try to list all the ten plagues one by one, we, we, we can jumble them together there, but, but can you imagine going through the ten plagues and after you got through all the ten plagues and you seen all that God could do and then you get down to the Red Sea and there's the Red Sea and now you forget everything that God just did. You ever felt that way, by the way? God does all kinds of wonderful things. God's coming up to this point, and everything's good. And then you get to that spot where it's just not the same. Something bad has happened. Something's challenging your faith. Somehow, someway, it's different, and you forgot everything God just did. And now God's limited? Remember what I said? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. I mean, we have all of these things that we do, and it always applies to when everything is okay, but when everything is bad doesn't apply no more. And yet when everything's bad, that's when it should apply. When you're weak, that's when it should apply. 
I mean, when we're getting at that point there and we're trying to figure out what's going to happen, we ought to be saying, you know what? God can do anything. Matter of fact, with God, nothing shall be impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. And think about it this way. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And the opposite of without him, I can do nothing is with him, I can do all things. It comes right back. The Bible's always right, church, if we'll read it and then listen to it. Blessed are they that keep judgment and he that doth righteousness at all times. I'm telling you something, church. Therein lies the problem with the church today. We don't believe that we should keep judgment because we say, judge not lest you be judged. And that is not what the Bible is talking about. Before you can send, can send somebody to hell, realize this. You better look at yourself and realize where you were when the Lord saved you because you wasn't walking on water. I mean, I, I can tell you, I wasn't for sure. But then say... Don't keep judgment. You see something that's not right, it ought to be not right. You know, I got on my soapbox this morning, and I don't want to get on it too far tonight, but can I tell you something? There is no way in this world abortion would have ever been legal if a Christian people would have stood up the way they should have and prayed to God the way they should have. Homosexuality would not be legalized and marriages going on today if Christian people prayed and sought out God the way they should have. And I'll tell you something else. They wouldn't be standing behind pulpits if the people in the pews were really Christians. I'll get off my soapbox. But it's a fact. It's a fact. Church, we're the ones who are letting things happen a lot of times. Blessed are they, they meaning the body, the group, the folks, the people that keep judgment. God's judgment, by the way. God's judgment is this, that when he tells us to do something, we do it. And when he tells us not to, we don't. And by the way, all through the scriptures, those that obeyed God got blessings. And those that cursed God got judgment. It's a fact. Read back in chapter 5. He that doth righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord. With thy favor that thou bearest unto, all, unto thy people, O visit me with thy, with thy salvation, that I may see the goods of thy chosen, that I may rejoice in the gladness of thy nation, that I may glory with thine inheritance. We have sinned with our fathers. We have committed iniquity. We have done wicked. Hey, church, when we start reading verses like that, I know this automatically. There are people who begin to go, not me. Ever been in a place where people are so sanctified there ain't none of them sinners I'm saved by grace because I, 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 I was a sinner and, and you know what there are some guys who like to argue who was better at sinning them or Paul Paul said he was chief among sinners and we, we said well Paul doesn't know what I did 
Well, I'm not bragging about what I did, and I'm just telling you, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We know that for a fact tonight because the Bible tells us that. But when we start looking at verses that tells us our problems and tell us what's going on, we start bucking up because nobody wants to be there. But we have done wickedly before God. We've forgotten God. Verse 7, he said, Our fathers understood not the wonders in Egypt. They remembered not the multitude of thy mercies but provoked him at the sea, even the Red Sea. And this is where I was a while ago, but listen to me. They, they understood not. They, they didn't get it. We have good services, and we have a wonderful time in the Lord, and we come back the next night, and I know this. I, I'm kind of, uh, I, I get this way. I'm, I'm always afraid that the next service won't be as good as the last service was because the last service was so good. And you know what? To be honest with you, church, sometimes it's not as good as it was previously. And whose fault is that? It's not God's fault. We start off with good intentions a lot of time and end up with bad things. No, I, I have to admit, sometimes I think if I just get a nap for five minutes, I'll be all right. And then I'll study. And the problem is I wake up, it's time to go to church. There have been times I literally sit back here wondering, what am I going to preach on? God, please help me by the time I get to the pulpit that I know what I'm preaching on this evening because I really didn't know. And now I'm sitting there going, God, which one do I get to do? And, and, and Lord, help me study the right one. Help me prepare the right one. And, and you know, it, it's, it's there. And, and, and even this afternoon, thinking about it and, and things is there. But God's got a message already lined out. And I'll just be honest with you this morning, this evening, church, I, I, I love this morning's message. I, I loved it because of the freedom that I had in it. I would to God that I felt free every time. But you know what? you got to remember what wondrous things God does. Not every service is like the previous service. Hopefully this next service is better than the last service because we got more of what God wants us to have. I, I'll be, I mean, it's just one of those deals, church. God's not dead, and God's not done, and God's not changed. So I would ask the question, what are we waiting on? Brother Don's right. We've got the power, we just don't use the power. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. The Bible said, from such turn away. And you and I are looking at the denial and say, wait a second, I'm in church. I love the Lord. I want to serve the Lord. Well, let me just be this way. Don't let the power of God fall away from us, but rather hold on to it so that God can do something with it in our lives and in our services. Verse 8, nevertheless... As he saved them for his name's sake, that he might have his mighty power to be known. Think about that. He rebuked the Red Sea, and it was dried up. So he led them through the depths as through the wilderness, and he saved them from the hand of him that hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. And the waters covered their enemy. 
They were not one left, not one of them left. Was not, think about that. There was not one of them left. Then they believed his word. They sang his praise. Verse 13, they soon forgot his word. I, I, I'm telling you the truth, church. The more I read this, the more I thought, heaven help us. Because it seems to be a pattern, right? Just keeps going through. Man, today God's good. Tomorrow, where's God at? Hey, God was great this time. Where's God at next time? God's still God. God's still on the throne. God's still where he's always been. And as I said this morning, he said, I am the Lord. I change not. And that their church, so who's the one changing? What's happening to us? Say, Brother Arnie, I thought you was wanting us to get closer to the Lord and you keep telling us we're, we're nothing but trouble. No, I'm trying to say this. I want God to do something wonderful with us. I believe God's trying to do something wonderful with us. I think we've got to make sure we don't forget that God's been doing wonderful things. I, I think we need to focus on that God will do great and mighty things. Greater things than these, Jesus said, ye shall do. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know what could be done greater than what he done in the fact of this. He healed blinded eyes. He healed deaf ears. He made the dumb to talk. He made the lame to walk. He rose the dead. I mean, what more can we do? What greater can we do? And he's sitting there, and what he's saying is this. When you do these things, and you do them in my name, and it happens my way, Wow, great things are being done. I also had this thought this morning, and I do remember the preacher preaching, and he's talking about, you know, God can do great and wonderful things in people's lives. Just don't try to become famous by it. Not everybody needs to know your name in order for God to do something great. But it seems like everybody wants somebody to know their name. And I want to tell you, church, right off the top of my head, I got an ego problem at times. I really do. I come home from work the other day talking about what all was going on. I said, they need to create a position just for me, entitled for me. I mean, my position. I, I do X, Y, and Z. And, and, and I've got things going on. I... I I have people calling me, and I say, why don't you call the supervisor? That's just his job, not my job. So then the supervisor calls me. I'm thinking, it's your job, not my job. There's only one Ernie, and there's only room for one Ernie. I'll guarantee you my head's big enough at times. But you know what? We get so big-headed. We want everybody to know who we are and what's happening, what God's doing. If we're not careful, we put it out there that God's doing something wonderful, something great, something marvelous here, and it's only happening here. We're the, we're the only people good enough for God to do it at. And if you'll come over here, you're going to get this. And I'm here to tell you that's not the way God works. But when good things happen, we ought to let people know that good things are happening. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men into myself. 
signifying what manner of death he should die. He died on Calvary's cross to draw all men unto himself. And you know what? Where Jesus is, you ought to have people coming to. And they always in the Bible, Jesus would say, don't tell nobody. He knew they were going to tell somebody. But what he was trying to get at is this. Don't lift me so high that I cannot be who I am. And don't, don't overwhelm it. Lift. Go out. If you want to tell them you've been healed, tell them you've been healed. Tell them you've been touched of God. But he said, it's not about me, it's about the Father. Why else would he have said the words? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. It's not my church, it's not your church, it's God's church. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to jump back, jump over to 107. And I'll close in just, just this tonight. I'll read one, one stanza through there. It said, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. You know what that means? Repeat verse 1. Now just think about that for a second. He just said, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Give thanks unto the Lord for his good, his mercy endureth forever. And then you say, Well, Brother Ernie, are you going to keep repeating that? No, we'll read the rest of it, but think about it this way. He's saying you and I, as the redeemed, ought to be the ones talking about how good God is. He just got over telling us that he done all of these works, he done all of these wonders, he made all these things happen for Israel, and they get out from where they're at, and every time they got from one disaster to another, they forgot what God done. When they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, God was getting rid of those who kept forgetting. And by the way, they didn't have memory problems. They had heart problems, spiritual problems. Seemed like they could always remember Egypt, but they could never remember the great things God did. Would it not have been better for us to have died over in Egypt? Would it not have been better to have been bricklayers back in Egypt? Would it not have been better to be slaves back in Egypt? Would it not have been, I mean, they just kept, would it not have been better? Why would you bring us out here? Why it would it not have been better? Hey, God got you through the Red Sea. Now you want to go back to Egypt again. We ought to be talking about how good, merciful, great, and wonderful God is. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You know, I love that song, and Sister Barbara knows it, and I always get the two of them mixed up. I am redeemed. There's another one, redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Think about that, church. Let the redeemed of the Lord say, so whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I've been chained free. No more chains. Think about that. We sing that song, shackled by heavy burdens. Shackled means to be chained. It's something that's there. It's 
It's present. It's attached. It's on you. I, I, and I, I couldn't help myself and, and stuff, but, but when I think about it this way, I had to jump over to the book of Acts, right, and think about Paul and Silas in prison there. And that midnight hour came, and here they are. They shackled up. They chained up. They down in the bottom, but they begin to sing praises unto God, and every chain in the building was broken. Every chain. Not just those. There was a revival happened there that night. We only hear about the one in the house of the one that got saved. I wonder how many of them really did get saved. How many lives was changed. I mean, after all, none of the prisoners run out. Was it a, was it a revival that the, think about this, that got all the way through the prison and everybody in there got saved, but, but Paul went home with the soldier, he cleaned and dressed, and his whole house got saved. I mean, we don't even know how big his house was. Salvation came and changed lots of lives that night. I think about the other disciples who'd been put in stocks and chains and then brought out and beat and whipped and sent out, and they went out worshiping God, but they were counted worthy to suffer such persecution for the preaching of the gospel of Christ Jesus. Can I tell you, church, something else? We're living in a time when all the wickedness is going to come out of people. You ever thought about that? Can I get back on my soapbox just a second again? I mean, I want you to think about this for a fact and think about where we're at. When, when they overturned Roe versus Wade, the world died. I mean, everything fell apart. Health care no longer exists. I mean, if you had health care, it doesn't matter who you are. It, it's now non-existent. You're, you're going to die because the health care system is now not doing abortions. And, and states went crazy. The Democrats, I, I don't mean to be too mean. I haven't heard a Republican yet, but maybe there's some out there who's saying things, and I'll lay them in the left there. But they, they, they just declared an end of all things. And I'm going to tell you something. They've been vile and mean and hateful and spiteful, and some of them demonically possessed. They growl when they're interviewed. And I, I'm just saying something's amiss and wrong, but listen to me. The Bible says they will call evil good and good evil. There is coming a time because we've done made them mad that they will legalize every sinful deed they can and outlaw God. You say, Brother Arnie, it's going to get that bad? I wonder how bad it was in the day of Noah because I don't want to be there. But as in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Few there be that energy got. Few. Church, can I tell you something? It's going to get rough. And if you think you're going to get out of here before it gets rough, you better think again. Because if God allows time, this ain't nothing compared to what it's going to get like. And he said, few there be that will be saved in that time. Think about it. Somebody around here is going to be saved. But they're going to be surrounded by a whole lot of lost people. Because they forget. They don't think about what God has done. He gathered them out of the land from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness, in the solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. The hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then, 
does it always have to get bad before then comes along? Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses, and he led them forth by the right way, that they might go into a city of habitation. Think about it this way, church. What are we right on tonight? We're on the right way going to the city of habitation. I, I'm going to heaven, church. I, I mean, that's the pathway I'm on, not because of who I am, but because of who he is. I, I thought about it this way this morning. I, I realize what's going on in the church today. The church is in the world uh, uh, today, uh, and we should, we know this. While I'm in the world, I, I'm doing, you know, I, I've got to battle this, but I was thinking to myself this, every Christian ought to say this tonight. I'm in the world, but the world's not in me. But how many people can say that? How many churches can say that? What's going on with the church when it's dark inside and it's blacked out? And I mean, come on, church. My daughters, they, they'd love to paint this church, by the way, some, every so often. I, I, I they just get in them. But you know what? They won't paint it white. They don't want to paint it black. They look around and they looked at the old walls used to be white before the paneling was in there. It was brighter and, you know, things going on. And every so often they say, we ought to paint this white. And I'm thinking to myself, they ain't painting this. That's too much labor. <laughs> Think about it. Nobody wants to paint it black. Paint your ceilings black. Paint your walls black. Put your fog lights out. Get your spots light up. Can I tell you something? I don't want to be the center of attention. I want to redirect the attention to God. Church, that's the reason we're here. Can I tell you what the honest and truly tonight I would tonight that we had a service such that I never preached? Would it, would it be not a wonderful thing to have a service that when you come into the house of God, you knew that the Lord was there, the song service started? And I've been in many of them where the song service started, the altar started filling up, and the next thing you know, it was well after 12 o'clock and nobody cared, and the pastor stood up and said, hey, God's been with us this morning, let's go to the house and come back and do it again. That's a time we used to have. How often does it happen today? No, he's not. But are we, brother? Think about it. Are we? They cried. Why? They were hunger and thirsted. Their soul fainted in them. It was so bad. Then they remembered God. They cried unto God. He heard them. He led them, the Bible says in verse 7. He led them forth by the right way that they might go into a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works unto the children of men. And by the way, it's got an exclamation point. And Paul said this, I would that men everywhere would lift up holy hands unto the Lord. Remember, it was not very long ago I said this, dads need to lead. 
men, when men praise God, their wives feel like praising God. I mean, I'll be honest with you. What would happen if all the men in the church lifted up their hands and started saying, praise the Lord, hallelujah, amen, glory to God. What a wonderful God we got. I mean, if the men done that, I'm telling you, it would roll off on some of the women. Well, Brother Ernie, I'm scared to death what would happen like that. You know, they'd think we're Pentecostal or something that way. Pentecostal don't scare me none. I was raised in a Pentecostal church. I don't agree with them and some of their doctrinal things. I'll just be honest with you. You get saved, you get the Holy Ghost. You don't have to speak in tongues to get it. When you get saved, you get the Holy Ghost. If you don't get the Holy Ghost, you didn't get saved. And you can't live a saved life without Him. It's impossible. There's other things that I disagree with, though. I'm not afraid to say those either. We won't go down the doctrine road tonight. But I'll just tell you this, church. My Bible said it is good for doctrine. And this is the one I'll stand on. Period. End of story, end of subject non-debatable and I've said it before I'll say it one more time just in case you've forgotten it when the free will Baptists start accepting things that are no longer written in this word or that are not written in this word I'm out I'm done I'm telling you I don't need their paper to qualify me to preach but I'll tell you what they need they need qualified preachers God calls, God qualifies. We've sent so many young men up there in the seminaries. We've, we've, we've sanctified God right out of them. Preachers tell them you can't preach that way. Make sure you have four points in your sermon. I don't know if I had any points tonight other than this. When did God become so ineffective that the only way for him to be effective is to make sure we had points in our messages. Point number one. I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. Brother Lonnie told us he had three points in the sermon he preached the other night. And I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't find three points because he only mentioned two different things. But the other, I guess the third point was this, get it. God will do great and wonderful things, church. If we remember, if we remember, would you stay in the night? Father, tonight we thank you, Lord, again for your love. We thank you for